Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Flash number 162, cover date June 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artists Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella, edited by Julius Schwartz, featuring Who Haunts the Corridor of Chills, written by Gardner Fox, art by Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Amusement park owner Walt Dempsey makes a final inspection of his new park in Central City. While riding through the Tunnel of Terror, Dempsey is transformed into a bird man and begins destroying the park, prompting Flash to intervene. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. <laughs> to defund the central city police immediately what <laughs> look at these police they're trying to make flash go in and do their job for them uh, okay uh, consider reform instead of an extensive reform and some defunding well reallocating funds how about that okay that sounds good um you've got to go in flash it's your duty not me i'll be killed you're the superhero around here it's up to you to handle this okay in fairness, yeah. Flash and his secret identity of Barry Allen is a police scientist. Mm -hmm. So technically he is getting paid for this, but they don't know that. But they don't know that. That's Let's correct. just send this vigilante volunteer into the tunnel of terrors. Right. Hi. Hey, how are you? Fantastic. I'll say. It's a good Sunday morning, isn't it? This might be the first time we've ever recorded in the morning. Right. And no one's mowing their lawns. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would mow their lawn on a day like today? It's beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous outside. Let's see what the weather is like outside on this fine September day. Well, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Sunny. Uh, 73 degrees. Uh-huh. Low humidity. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. So let's spend the day indoors as usual. <laughs> hey, take a deep breath. Yeah. Embrace yourself. Yeah. Get set for a shocking surprise when you see who haunts the corridor of chills. I should have given you a trigger alert because there's a trigger alert on the cover. Oh, Warning. 
What? Warning. Warning. <laughs> Just close your eyes and think of England. Flash number 162. Mm-hmm. June 1966. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was expecting... Well, this if it was cover date June, that means it would have been published a couple of months ahead of that. Right. So they didn't time it very well for Halloween. No, no. Yeah, you're, that would have been appropriate, an appropriate time of year to have published this, yes. Also, I wonder why, when did Walt Disney die? Oh, uh, I will look that up. I think 1963? I was trying to see if there was any reason why they would have an homage to Walt Disney in this issue. But Disneyland opened in 1955. Uh, Disney World opened in 1970. Well, it did not. What? 1971. Well, close enough. Interesting. I keep on doing a Google search for Walt Disney, and all I keep getting is Disney World EU. EU? European. Oh. That is interesting. But we still don't know when he died, do we? Uh, 1966. What? This? Oh, what month? December 15th. Oh, so he's still alive at this point. Yeah. But probably in ill health. Didn't he die of stomach cancer or something I horrible? no idea what he died of. Well, anyway, an amusement park is for fun and laughter, isn't it? Yes. But there's a slim dividing line sometimes between mirth and mayhem. So it is with the Tunnel of Terrors, a place normally reserved for happy chills and squeals of eerie delight when a strange something appears in those dank corridors and seems to overwhelm Earthmen with its awesome powers. And when the Flash is summoned to battle that something, he suddenly finds himself terrified by the prospect of finding out who haunts the Corridor of Chills. On the splash page, Flash is being attacked by plastic monsters as he says yeah the headless Actually, horseman as he thinks remind me to come back to that okay headless horseman uh green ape and a red fish man yeah the creature from the red lagoon is he's referred to later on yes i read an interesting th- interesting thread on twitter this week yes uh i think it was jerry conway who's a comics writer mm-hmm. um was lamenting the fact that comics nowadays don't have thought bubbles anymore. They don't? They don't. You will have like a narration box, uh-huh. but you don't see the characters thinking, which um, kind of destroys the first-person immediacy of oh. the characters, right? Okay. Because that's a unique aspect of comic books is that they have thought bubbles and you okay. can see what the character's thinking. But the narration boxes are as if they are narrating after the fact. Yes. I don't they know. Speak it's in just past interesting. Tense. Uh, sometimes, I mean, sometimes they try to put the same text they would put in a thought balloon, yeah. but it's not. It's just in a separate text box. Yeah. I don't know. I find some of the common, uh, excuse me, common, um, modern comics hard to follow. Um, yes. Yeah. You like Green Lantern, don't you? I do, and and I've seen some of. I've been reading some of those issues, and the going, Grant oh, Morrison issues. Years. Those are hard to follow. Yeah, I do love Grant Morrison, but me too. Yeah. Sometimes you have to figure out what's happened after you read, read the whole comic, and then go to the internet and have someone tell you exactly what happened. Yeah, because I can't always figure it out. Yeah. Plus, I think comics are hard to read now. The print is so small. <laughs> Maybe it's my age showing. 
Maybe we should get some of those jeweler's glasses. Maybe should, we should get one of those iPad macros. It's oh, like God. four feet high. Oh, you're kidding. No, I wish they oh. had that. Don't you? Oh, I don't know. Like poster-sized iPad? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> well, well, you uh, couldn't carry it around in your bag. Well, where nobody's going anywhere anyway. Well, you, just mount it on the wall well, like a TV screen. When we take screen. our road trips, one of us drives and the other one often reads the iPad. And um, would you imagine a poster-sized iPad in your lap in the front of the car? Yeah, sure, absolutely. No. Yeah. No. Well, no. agree to disagree. Hey, hey, America's foremost showman, Walt Dempsey. Dempsey. I wonder why they didn't make him actually look like Walt Disney. He looks like Rip Taylor. He does look like Rip Taylor. Hey, everyone, let's go to the amusement park. (laughs) Nobody listening knows who Rip Taylor is, but I get the joke. Thank you. Um, He's making his final inspection tour before the grand opening in one hour of his new Funland Park in Central City. I guess, you know, I guess that's what you do. You just one final ride through. Yeah. Which is we know that Disneyland and Disney World both had lots of problems when they opened. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think fully half of the rides at Disneyland didn't work when it opened. Yeah. Um, I think probably an hour before opening is not the time to do an inspection, though. Why not? Well, because you don't have time to fix anything. I suppose you're right. Um, anyway, he's about to enter the next to last cave in his Tunnel of Terrors. I'd ride this. I sure would. It looks like a huge, expansive sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, and he... He's in some sort of really cool coach sled... Yeah. ...thing. Like a... On a track. Yeah, it's like a sleigh. Yeah. Um, where he finds his amazing discovery is on exhibit he has discovered a strange metallic like object that pulsates in a series of eerie colors like one of those christmas tree lights from the 50s yeah sure um as it changes color different animatronic creatures come to life that would probably be because they're coloring either matches or complements the color spectrum of light that's being projected into the cave into the cave and therefore they go from being obscured to appearing ingenious um it just made me think of the haunted mansion disney world you know how they do that ballroom scene yes it's like all the dancing figures are underneath where you're riding Uh and there's a plate of glass yeah. that reflects them. Don't you just love it? Yeah. I'd love to go to Disney World again someday. I never thought I would hear you say that. I know. I know. Listener, we went, well, I'll back up. We used to live in Florida and we had season passes to Disney World. While we were in college. Yeah. And we didn't live far from Disney World, about an hour and 15 minutes away. Right, which is nice because you can just go like on a Sunday afternoon on a day like this, we would have absolutely gone, spent a couple of hours till we got tired. We would have gone to the home. church in the morning, yeah, gotten and then gone from church to Disney, yeah, spent I don't know five or six, seven hours at Disney, and then driven home that night. If even that long, the nice thing was that if you live close and you have a season pass, you don't have to stay to the point of exhaustion. You absolutely. just go and do what you want, and then you yeah. leave. And it was incredibly affordable at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but then, so for our tenth anniversary, when we finally had income. 
we thought, wouldn't it be great to just take an all-inclusive Disney vacation? Which we did. We took, was it four days? Oh, no. It was like seven days. No, it wasn't that much. Let's say five. Let's just break, split the difference and say five, five days. Anyway. It wasn't seven days. It, but it was... I think it was six, actually. Five nights, six days. Okay, it doesn't matter. But but we did an all-inclusive vacation. We had yeah. saved up money, and we we purchased our tickets to go down. Were we living? It's our 10th anniversary. That would have been... We were living in uh, College Park, Maryland. Okay, yeah. So we came down to Florida. Yes. Uh-huh. And after about a day and a half, we realized we had seen everything there was to see at Disney World. Yes. Either then or in our previous visits. That really not much had changed. Right. And what we had fantasized about was something that we had already lived. Right. And um, and we could have used that money to go to Paris uh, or absolutely. London. But, and it was great, wasn't it? Do you remember where we were standing when we when we had this conversation? Um, In line at the Grand Prix racetrack. I didn't remember that. But... I do, because I remember I felt just so, I felt this overwhelming sense of, I need to confess something to you. <gasps> and, and it was that I said to you, um, I'm really enjoying our 10th anniversary here at Disney World. And I, this is very special, but I'm tired of waiting in line. Yeah. I've done all of this before. Yeah. And I'm realizing that for what we spent for this entire vacation, you and I could have spent four days in Paris. Right. Now, and, don't and, and, we... and then, and do you remember what happened? Well, then we just sought out unusual things that we had never yeah, seen. Yeah, and then we, we both went, yeah, and you said, yep, yeah, I feel the same way. And, we went, and, and a huge burden was lifted. And then we just sort of gam, gam. Mm. Gam, not gambled. They no, don't no, have no. that at Gam- gambled. Nope. Yeah. Gambled. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. G a m b o l. Yes. L e d. I think past tense. Oh, I know one listener who's going to listen to this and scream at at, at his. Well, um, let him phone. scream, as my grandma um, would say. Our way through the park. Just, just there was no pressure after that. It was like, right. what do you want to do? Let's just do this, okay? And we just sought out all the oddities and all the you know things that we hadn't really taken time to see before. Yeah, and we had a good time, and we agreed. Yes, that the next time we had an idea of spending a multi-day vacation at Disney World, we would simply book a vacation to Europe. Yes, which we did this year, and it was canceled. Right, we had this. We had the trip, the ten-day trip to Ireland that we'd saved yes. up for and planned for an entire year. Yes, and we had a professional singing engagement in, in Iceland, Iceland, which we would have been returning from now. Now, yeah. mwah, mwah. now right. don't get me wrong, we're not here to bash Disney. No, it no, was no, a no, fantastic no. value for what we paid, yeah. and it really was all-inclusive. Mm. And if you've never done it, you should do it. And do you remember the dinner we had at Wolfgang Puck's? Yes. And we got that bad bottle of wine. Yes, and, and they you replaced and I, it. You and I were relatively new to drinking wine, and we felt like, this is just really bad. Yeah. And so we said something to our waiter, and the waiter said, oh, you have a bad bottle of wine. <laughs> he said, "This." He said, I'm so sorry. And he bought us a, another bottle of wine, didn't even charge us for the wine, you know. And we had, I had ostrich. So did I. Yeah. Pop. Uh Anyway, where were we? We're testing out we were the park about an hour Walt before World, opening. Testing the park, and and we talked about the light spectrum changes, and we get to the bottom of the front of page two, and he's about to crash into a mirror image of himself, which is one of those tricks that you do in in the um, oh, Bob. What are these things called? Um, these types of rides. Uh, a dark ride. Dark ride. Thank you, thank you. Dark ride. Um, often you're about to crash into an object. Yeah. And then the the cart will take a massive turn, a uh, quick turn to the side, or the object will disappear in front of you or it'll be lifted up. Right, right, so right, right. It's right. a convention of the dark ride. Um, however, Mr. Dempsey, I'm just going to call him Uncle Walt. 
Let's call him Uncle Walt. He senses something that is wrong. And he sees in his mirror image that his body is changing. Mm-hmm. Usually that happens earlier in life. <laughs> Feathers are sprouting from his body. His body is ch- turning into that of a gigantic bird. And his hair is disappearing. His face is changing. Who am I? Mm-hmm. A moment later, the door slides open, and a giant bird flies out and attacks the police. Oh. The Um, very man who created this becomes the thing that destroys it. Yes. And the police, to their credit, don't run away in panic, but rather correctly deduce that he's a victim of his own tunnel of terrors. I guess this one does. Well, if you live in Central City, you see this kind of crap all the time. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, these aren't the police. These are guards because then they say they better call the police. They are armed guards, though. They do have pistols. Yes, as one should at a place like Disney World. It's not Disney World. This is um, Dempsey, Dempsey Fun World. Park. Dempsey Fun Park. Uh, you know Disney World has its own police force? Sure. You could, And they can do anything on that property. They could build a nuclear reactor, and Florida could do nothing about it. Well, I don't think Florida really cares as long as they get their sales tax. I mean, Florida's basically a big old garbage heap anyway. Well, yes. I, the, n- let me clarify this. He's a Florida native. I'm everyone a Florida he can native say that. And, and I would just say that, that I have seen much of Florida's land raped and pillaged for the progress of human development. And it makes me sad. I'm not a Florida native, and I also think it's a hellhole. Page three? Page three. <laughs> Well, so terrible. the giant bird creature is destroying the park. He's ripping apart uh, some kind of one of those droppy rides where you shoot up to the top and then drop yeah, immediately. Yeah, it's like a parachute kind of ride. Nice the, little drawing there. Right. The crowd is outside the gates waiting to come in and assume it's some kind of publicity stunt. Yeah, there's a mixed reaction from the thousands of visitors in the amusement area waiting for the gates to open. Don't you like how the people are all dressed up? I was just watching a documentary yesterday about the 1939 World's Fair in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people were dressed to the nines. Men in hats, women in dresses and hoes and support <laughs> support <laughs> under undergarments, support undergarments. Yes. I don't imagine that was very comfortable. I mean, when you go to, like, an amusement park in Florida right now, you're lucky that people are wearing, you know... Anything. Four articles of clothing. Mm-hmm. Underwear, shorts, a t-shirt, and sandals none of it fits no um well uh police radio crackles across town alerting police scientist barry allen mm-hmm. to the trouble in the funland park there's a fantastic bird being it's flying amok uh, in the funland park no one knows where it is or what it is or where it came from uh so he takes off as a flash on the other side of town iris west fiance of barry allen and ace reporter for picture news i guess we should be thankful they didn't call her a news hen as uh, they not have yet. Ta- uh, they, oh, do they? they? Yes, inside the cave later on. Oh, with her I flash, it. no, wait, with her, her light, light gun. gun. That made me so angry. <laughs> Never in Ooh. history has, has a flash bulb for a camera ever been called a light gun. Are you sure? Mm. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Anyway, uh, she's heard the same broadcast and she heads off to get the story. Mm-hmm. Um, flash races in. To the cheers of the populace. When I saw that picture, 
uh, that drawing of Flash racing into the amusement park, I thought, what's well, a good thing you hold the hell that gate open for him? <laughs> See the guard holding the gate open for him? Yes. <laughs> Although, everyone knows the Flash could just vibrate through the gate. Oh. Um, so he races in to find the bird creature still destroying the uh, amusement park. Amusement park. Yeah. And he says, that bird creature looks awfully familiar. Really? I didn't remember that. Somewhere, sometime, I've seen or heard about a bird man like that. Oh, that's right, yes. And then, then he tells why he's heard about it. Uh, As if sensing danger from the new arrival, the bird being hurls a snapped-off section of the flag tower down at the Flash. Yes. Flash uh, waves it off with a mighty whir of his arms. Uh, don't you hate... I think that you hate this power of the Flash, right? That, that he just makes tornadoes? To, yeah, it's stupid. Well... Okay. It's okay. Hey, I'm not a long a lifetime DC fan. I, it's okay. It's um, he could just he could just quickly dodge out of the way. So he just remembers now why that thing is so familiar. It's exactly like one of the Ornitho men Kid Flash described to me when he time traveled back into the world of one hundred million eight hundred forty two thousand two hundred forty six BC. So, a hundred million years in the past, which happened, we read in the editor's note, in the Flash number 125. And we're on, a, we're on uh, number... 162. So, okay. uh, Flash number 125 was published in December of 1961. Okay. Also cost 12 cents, and also edited by Julia Schwartz. Remind me to tell you about the research I did on the world that this is based on. Please. Uh, later on. Um... I'll just read briefly from the synopsis. When he arrives in the past, Kid Flash helps a trapped Birdman escape from another creature. The Birdman befriends Kid Flash and saves him from a giant bee. The boy speedster tries to get the help of the bird people to find the hive, but he is knocked unconscious from the bee sting of the giant bee. Luckily, Kid Flash is revived by the Birdman from the poison stinger, and together he and the Birdman locate and destroy the hive machine. And then he returns home to compare notes with his mentor. Hmm. Um, I had something I was going to say, and then I forgot what it was. So just, oh, the synopsis is from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. It's a great website if you're looking for any information about comics, okay. especially DC Comics. Oh, okay. Anyway, out of what strange flaw in time and space has the Ornitho Man come? What is its connection with the glowing object in the Tunnel of Terrors? Will the Flash learn what it is in time to stop the doom about to be unleashed upon the world? I guess we'll find out next time. On the, f <laughs> on the fourth page following. I'm kidding, of course. Who haunts the Corridor of Chills? Part two. This is a great splash page. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ornitho Man has launched the marquee of Funland Park towards the Flash, which is crackling with electricity. Yeah. Um, and the Ornitho Man announces, you're done for, Flash. With you out of the way, I can destroy Central City. And then, the world. world. I'm glad he can speak English, being from 100 million years in the past. Right. I wonder if he has a bird-like qualities to his speaking voice. Oh, what would that sound like? Caw! You're done for, <laughs> Flash! With you out of the way, I can... Caw! Destroy... Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're done for, Flash! With you out of the way, I... Caw! Destroy... <laughs> Destroy Central City and then the world. Okay, what? It's like Moira Rose and the croning. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. 
Um, Flash vibrates out of the way, of course. Lots of interesting panel placement, this issue. This one, this little four-panel placement bothers me. It's a four-panel series. Well, but it's innovative, don't you think? It's literally four elongated panels. It looks like he gave it to his his kid brother or kid sister and said, Hey, i got to fill up this page. Would you just draw some tornadoes for me? Like when uh, seven-year-old Billy draws the family circus. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I wonder what dead grandpa's doing today. I think I'll walk around the neighborhood with dotted lines behind me. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to mention, this is written by Gardner Fox. Uh-huh. We saw in a recent issue of The Atom how he was experimenting with Watch out, reader. Here comes the Adam for a Nako Sako Mighty Punch. Uh-huh. Well, this, like, he's experimenting with his, um, I don't know what, flowery language. What, the Scarlet Speedster vibrates faster than a lightning itself? Well, that's normal, but then as the sign crashes to the pavement, it bursts apart in a holocaust of electrical energy gone wild. <laughs> Out of that cascade of fiery sparks and scintillations leaps the flash. I'm at the top of page eight. As the Ferris wheel is sent trundling at its target. This Uh, is a lot of 25 cent words in here. Uh, Well, Flash defeats the electrical sign. Gambooling. (laughs) Are you still on that? Well, I don't know what you said. It was like gambooling. Gamble. G-A-M-B-O-L. G-A-M-B-O-L. Gamble. Gamble. To run or jump about playfully. Yeah, that's exactly describes our day at Disney. Yeah. Our six days, five <laughs> nights. <laughs> um, Absolutely and, no reference to lumbering about in the heat. No, you get... Uh, remember the magic wish points that you could spend them on merchandise or uh-huh. meals? We spent all ours on meals, of course. Yes. Oh, that was great. Do you remember uh, eating uh, in, on the restaurant under and, the living seas? Yes. Mm-hmm. And France. Yes, and Cinderella's castle. Yes. Oh, we ate our way across we the whole good, we, magical fun, kingdom. We could, but you know, we could have that much fun in one day there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see what happens when the irresistible force meets the proverbial immovable object. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. There's just going to be a lot of punching and scratching of talons and Gah! wings. <laughs> flap, flap, flap. Zip, and zip, zip, zip. Till finally, the Birdman flies off with the Flash toward the Penny Arcade. Mm. Remember when we used to go to the arcade in Daytona Beach and we play that X-Men Konami game? The I best video game ever created. I don't remember it being in the arcade in Daytona Beach. I remember it being in the lobby of the theater and uh, by the mall. Uh, well, agree to disagree. No, the four-player game? Well, it was six players, but we only played with each other. I didn't. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> but didn't but didn't we bring like a, a roll of quarters and yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I don't remember us going to a, a, an arcade. Mm-hmm. On the boardwalk at Daytona Beach, there was an arcade that had it in there. So you're thinking of your other favorite person in the world? No, I'm your thinking sister. of you. No, <laughs> she'd never go to an arcade. Are you kidding me? Uh. So the Ornithoman. Man... To be fair, you have two sisters. And yes. You, and you love them neither one of them would go to an no, arcade. No, neither one. They would not, uh, absolutely not go to play. So the Birdman now is radiating overwhelming power from his brain. Yeah, melting the gun like wax. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. Uh-huh. And As also, a matter of fact, it's so powerful, don't you think he might use that mental energy instead of just 
picking up things and destroying things in the park? Wouldn't he just stand there, like perch himself on top of the arcade and just go, think, and destroy things? <laughs> or maybe he would just burst a hole in the Penny Arcade instead of slamming Flash's head through the wall, yeah. as he does in the next panel, at Thunderbolt speed. <gasps> what? There's an Amazon Prime truck pulling in. <gasps> We've never had one of these here before. I saw one yesterday, actually, at the neighbor's. Oh, I wonder if it's comfortable to drive it. We live in the country, everyone, and so we were so astonished the other day to see a designated Amazon Prime truck. And my aforementioned sister, who lives in the city, said, what are you talking about? We see those all the time. They're everywhere. Right. We've never seen one he's until now. He's safety vest. Oh, he's getting out the side. Here Is it in our driveway? Yes. <gasps> look, look. He's scanning the package right now. Yes. He's dropping it off. I bet the dog's going to bark. At the front door. Uh-huh. Ready? Uh -huh. Five, four, three, two, one. One half. One and a half. One and three quarters. There, there it goes. goes. Good dog. Good dog. <laughs> <laughs> I um, hope our listener enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, Flash is still fighting. He's now inside the Penny Arcade using his whirling arm motion to break his fall. And boy, buoy himself up. Please excuse the dog barking and the Amazon Prime truck reverse beep He's in the background. He's doing a really good job backing out of their driveway. I don't know why they can't just park at the street and walk up the driveway. Uh, time, probably. Although, is it really, is it really um, that much time saved? Did he wave at you? Yep. Oh. Uh, the Birdman drops onto a gigantic tilt board set up to record winds in the playing area and sets off a giant flare of light giant tilt board i mean the tilt board must be the like a, the pinball game because yeah, yeah, yeah. arcade yeah uh a bright flare which temporarily blinds the flash and changes the birdman back into walt dempsey yeah well that was easy we'll yeah. see you next week everybody oh wait it's not done yet no of course walt dempsey is naked yeah which you don't see but they talk about well you don't see because his body is colored dark blue hmm. uh but yes the guards come in and announce they found walt dempsey's clothes in the tunnel yeah and they correctly deduce that, that something man. in the tunnel of terrors must have changed him into that bird man right so the flash says i'm going to go into there and, and investigate yep but suddenly He's overtaken with overpowering fear, mm. making him paralyzed with fright. Yeah. This is where the police try to shove him in the tunnel. Right. Get this in there, Flash. We, this, Go on. This is where we get the cover. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile. Yes. An astonished Iris West stands off to one side of the struggling trio, unable to understand what's happening with the Flash. So the Flash acting up that way. If he's too scared to act, I'm not. Good for her. At a girl, she goes right into that tunnel with her camera and her light gun. All right, here we go. Top left thing, uh, top left box. Moments later, the dauntless news hand oh, moves okay, slowly through the corridors of chills. I'm used to seeing that as two words or hyphenated. Yeah, news hand's not one word. Newshen. Newshen. <laughs> so I guess the, the masculine form of that is newshound. News hound, yes. Yeah, and then the feminist forms news hound. Oh, please don't make me tell that story. What story? So, we used to live in, speaking of Florida, 
Jacksonville, Florida. And there was... Oh, my God! Now I know the story you're going to tell! Oh, this is great! <laughs> and Dr. Husband and I were theatrical directors, you know, in an academic setting. Mm -hmm. So there was a local access television show called The Watch Hound, which we knew of, but we had never seen. Never seen it. And they, they would they would announce all the cultural events happening. Yeah, and then they'd have you come on and they'd interview, like, the director or the stars of a television or an upcoming you know, Don't stage leave out the part production. Of the, of the cell phone text that I sent you before it happened. Oh, I, you'll have to add that because I can't remember really. Okay. So I was directing a show. I set off with two students mm -hmm. to go appear on the Watch Hound television program to promote our upcoming show, Gilbert and Sullivan's Gondoliers. Right. So uh, Bob was there with the students, and I knew that what time they're getting ready, and they were going and such. And I sent him a text at, at, in my, the silly way that I do. I said, "Wouldn't it be funny if the guy came out in a dog costume, and there was like a barking soundtrack or something, you know, like that the Watchhound was literally a man in a dog costume?" And we're like, we're texting each other, "Ah, wouldn't that be funny?" We get to the studio, kindly elderly couple i don't think they were a couple but it was an old man and old woman greet us usher us into the studio uh this asshole starts stripping his clothes off in front of me and the students and puts on a goddamn dog costume <laughs> it's true which Clearly, at one time, had been a cow costume. It had the white <laughs> with the giant black spots. Oh. And they'd fashioned a dog head hoodie thing. This is not the 1960s, folks. This isn't like this children's television. This is the year 2012. Yes. Uh, and then puts on a, like a superhero mask, completely concealing his identity. And then sits down in this dog costume... <laughs> To interview us, and I know about your theatrical production. Yes, I know one of those students is listening to this also right now. So yes, oh, I think I need something stronger to drink. Oh, I love that story so much. And when you came back and told me about it, I could not believe that this fantastical, farcical situation that I envisioned in my head actually came true. It's. There's photographic evidence. It's fantastic. I don't like to look at the photograph because I was much skinnier then, but oh, it happened. We had been on a year of aggressive dieting, hadn't yes, we? Yes, and we're about to start that again. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so let's get back to here. So I quickly so, Googled light gun okay. to see if it was actually a thing. And like a term to describe a flash on a camera? No, all I got was things where you could mount a camera onto your gun that has a light on it so that you can see what you're shooting. Okay, so we first see the word, the hyphenated word, light gun, used uh -huh. on page 13 in the second panel down in the orange box. Yeah. Again and again, her light gun flares. Behind her, one of the exhibits stirs to life. Right. One occurrence of the hyphenated words, life gun, would have been, or the word, hyph, life, life gun would have been fine. Oh, no. No. We get it over and over again. Probably the only time that I've ever seen a flash described as light gun. And so I'm assuming that because the flash is the comic that we're reading and the flash is talking to her about her light gun soon. Oh. They didn't want to use the words flash. Flash or flash bulb. Okay. That makes sense. It's stupid. Listen, can I uh, give some props to Iris West? 
who's making a picture story for the picture news. Mm-hmm. Uh, in these days, you had to know what you were doing with the camera. You couldn't just take a thousand pictures on your digital camera, right? Right. And develop the best one. Right. You had 24 chances to get a good picture. Uh, uh, noted. Yes, yes. Now, And they had to be developed by hand. Yes. And now in my youth, I was a local neighborhood reporter. I had a beat. Cub reporter. Uh-huh. I had the Northland beat. You had a beat. And, I uh, could just see you in your trench coat and, and hat with a little press pass tucked into the hat. No, I wore a bow tie and plaid jacket. You did? You wore a bow tie? No, come on. Okay. Um, oh, our neighbors are walking their... their um, what's that called? Basset Hound? Yeah. Okay, Mrs. Kravitz. No, I love that dog. I love that dog. I wish we could pet it. Anyway, yeah. luckily, yeah. I simultaneously worked in a photo lab. Yes. As we discussed last yes. week. And so I didn't actually know what I was doing with the camera, but I could futz with the development and also use as much film as I wanted because I was lifting it from the store sometimes. Like a middle-aged Jimmy Olsen. Except I was not middle-aged at that point. <laughs> Just in spirit. All of a sudden, Flash is okay again, and he takes off into the cage. Well, I know what's wrong with Flash. He had a panic attack. Oh, yeah. Do you remember our 30s? I've been there, you oh, know. Oh, my God. Um, he can't imagine why he chickened out. Well, that's exactly what panic attacks are like. It mm-hmm. comes, and then it goes. Yeah. And it's you, like nothing ever sure happened. you're going to die. Yep. And then you don't die. Yeah, yeah, and then you're fine. Yeah. Until the next one. All right. Um, anyway, he sees that Iris is in danger, and one of the display monsters is about to clobber her, and he sweeps her off her feet and out of the cave. The creature from the Red Lagoon, by the way. Uh-huh. And now there's another one that's yellow. Mm-hmm. And now they're just grabbing at her from every which way. There's a hand. Arms coming out of the floor. Right. Um, a piercing scream rips through the dark corridor. By the way, we, did get, we do get a little bit of uh, slang here, of 1960s slang, and on page 14, middle panel down. Yep. You look like a swinger, and you're going to move like one. Because he's grabbing his arm and swinging yeah, him around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did uh, I'm pretty sure swinger meant what we think well, it means, no, even no, in the no, 1960s. Like the, uh, we've seen the words like swing and hip dude and stuff like that. Well, yeah, okay. You're right. I mean, just they just didn't. I mean, leave it to Beaver. It meant it, it that was, in the 50s, too. There was just a different mentality that time, Bob. They did, people didn't go to the bluest form of that of a word like we do now. Well... You didn't know my parents in the 50s. Uh, Around and around, the scarlet speedster whirls that tunnel terror, even as a piercing scream rips through the dark corridor. Flash, help! So he swings one monster into the other, and then he karate chops the arm coming out of the floor, and then he picks up Iris and and carries carries her out. out Who doesn't like to be carried out by a superhero? I, You know, I don't know that I would like to be carried in this fashion, like cradled in someone's arms. I mean, I'm presupposing that there exists on Earth someone that could pick me up like that, which is falsehood. I think I wouldn't mind. Maybe The Rock. I wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't mind Wolverine. Yeah. I know it's Marvel, but yeah. Like actual Wolverine who's four feet tall or Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So now Flash is uh, crediting Iris for pulling him out of the fear that he was trapped in. With her light gun. Here you go. Um, so it seems that intense light 
we're discovering, disrupts the monsters and their power. Um, Brilliant police scientist Barry Allen so, deduces that her light gun is what... Right. You know. So he's going to take the light gun back into the cave. He realizes that something in the tunnel is responsive to a bluish-white bright light. But he's going to go check it out with Iris's camera. This is what made me upset. What? The word light gun, the uh-huh. hyphenated word light gun, uh-huh. appears three times on this page. And I was like, they're all coming from the mouth of the Flash. Uh-huh. All these references to her light gun. It's not a gun. Well, no. Maybe. Yeah, I think you're onto something. Because I think if the Flash himself was saying flash bulb or flash gun, right. it would have been... Uh, remember what year we're in the Batman TV show? It would have been like the Flash Bulb, like yeah. the Bat Bulb, or right. the Bat. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then on the next page, we get a thought bubble. He says, "Looks like I've run into the monster reception committee. Good enough. I'm. Uh, if my theory holds up, I'll be able to stop them in a flash." Well, yeah, that I get. Is it a pun? I think. Yeah, it's very intentional. Mm. I think so. Um, as the camera light gun explodes in a sunburst of light, it's not stopping the monsters. No. The prop monsters now are ganging up on him. Yeah. And then, uh, do you want to talk about the monsters themselves? Because there's, there's one thing, this is, uh, right at the bottom panel here, it says, from behind him, arms like steel cables wrap around the scarlet speedster. Mm-hmm. Now, aren't these creatures made of plastic and papier-mâché? Yes, we did read that earlier, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, presumably there would be some kind of steel infrastructure. Infrastructure, yes, like a, a skeleton of sorts. Um, remember, uh, speaking of theatrical engagements. Are you going to be talking about George Washington? Yes, I did a show at the Masonic Temple in Washington, actually in Alexandria, Virginia. A really strange place. And there was like 75-year-old animatronic George Washington that was so old that its skin was cracking and peeling away from the metal infrastructure underneath. I mean, an absolute child's horror. And you would press the button to activate it. Oh, I just mentioned we were only there in the dead of night when no one else was there. Right, there was no one else there when you were rehearsing, so you could just like creep around. Yeah, so you press the button, and the creaky old original robot of George Washington would raise up from its seat... And then start talking. <laughs> crack, 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 crack. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that was horrific. Flash. He sure have had a rich life, hasn't we? I'll say, and it's not over yet. Oh, today's just flooded with lots of nostalgia. Flash, trapped by papier-mâché fiends in the Tunnel of Terrors. Flash, pinned by the arms of a living nightmare for the action-packed, chill-filled climax to this story. Continue reading on the third page following. I'm One. just holding my breath. A to-who... What's the second page? It's the following, second page, I think. Who haunts the corridor of chills? Part, Part three. three. I don't like this flash page so much. No. It's messy. Yeah. Uh, the flash is being gripped by the headless horseman, meanwhile being punched by two creatures. But he's vibrating his head back and forth real fast, so they can't punch him. Yeah. They can't. He couldn't land vibrate the out of the arms of the headless horseman, but he can vibrate back and forth to uh, to avoid the punches. Good point. Hello. Hmm. hmm. 
So... But then he recovers himself. Yeah, still gripped by the headless horseman, he rears up his legs and kicks the monsters. Kick, 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 kick. Um, then his heels work with trip hammer fury against the ankles of the headless horseman, Wait, unbalancing him, and then he whirls like a top, Rob's favorite trick. I actually like this. Oh, idea. the whirling like a top? Yeah, I think it'd be fun to do. I hope twice. he's spotting like Linda Carter always did as right? Wonder Woman. Would he, he wouldn't snap his neck if he's spotting at that speed, would he? Um... Well, obviously not, but uh, yeah, I think he can spot so he doesn't get dizzy. Hmm. He whirls again as another tunnel of terror closes in on him, and pow! And a one-two punch becomes a nine-ten punch as the Scarlet Speedster fights its way forward. Out of my way, I've got a job to do. Onward, through the tunnel of terror as he advances, camera clicking and light gun blazing with incandescent <laughs> oh brilliance. It's like a fifth mention of that. Um, so he... Uh, Keeps flashing, keeps flashing. I'll take pictures of every square inch of the tunnel until I expose it. What happens next? Well, he finds this mysterious object that... What Walt... is this mysterious object? <laughs> Walt Dempsey uh, had mentioned earlier as the uh, It's the prime thing that Walt Dempsey in his... came into contact with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and as he flashes... The light gun on this mysterious object. It's like just like a square cut diamond embedded in the rock. Uh-huh. Uh, a mysterious voice, a mental voice, screams inside the Scarlet Speedster's brain. Yeah. Put, put out that light or you'll kill me. Right. Um, so the object continues talking. Its name is Vardar Var, a scientist of the planet Kumu. Huh. Long ages ago, he was in television communication with the planet Earth. At the time, the Ornitho men were the dominant life form on Earth. May I just pause for a second mm-hmm. and just say something yeah. that was tugging at me? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a dog. Um, about this, what he says here. Yeah. All right, I'll hold off shining the light while you tell me who you are and why you changed Walter Dempsey into a being, a bird being. Mm-hmm. Did you have a comment? Well, he never references Walter Walter Dempsey speaking. He changes from the bird being back into Walter Dempsey uh-huh. and is put into an ambulance and taken to the hospital. Uh-huh. He never actually references getting a chance to interview him. Who doesn't? Flash, the police, no one. No, but they saw him change back into Walt Dempsey. Well, Flash did. So they just... I guess they've jumped to the conclusion that this square-cut diamond embedded in rock is what changed him. Since it's talking. Okay. Um, so, yes, the uh, mysterious being is Vardar Var, scientist of the planet Kumul. That's K-O-O-M-O-O-L. Who was 100 million years ago in contact with the Ornitho men who were the dominant life form on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, they joined the wisdom of the two worlds in friendship in order to make the universe a better place in which to live. The Ornitho men invited Vardarvar to come to Earth, which he did, leaving at once and arriving on Earth in his metal globe ship. 
He raced through hyperspace and emerged from hyperspace in the midst of a nuclear war. Yeah. Nuclear bombs being exploded on the Earth, I remind you, 100 million years ago. Mm-hmm. For uncounted eons, he lay in the rubble of the frightful devastation, alive but inert in the molten rocks that solidified about him. Mm-hmm. Spaceship is smashed. He laid there for 100 million years until Walt Dempsey came along to clear the land for his amusement fun park. Can you imagine living for 100 million years? Um, I mean, I can imagine it, yeah. Oh. It wouldn't be very fun. No. Especially if you were trapped in rock. Um, correctly, I think, Walt D- Dempsey decided to not uh, investigate this but just build his fun park around it since right. it's a you know mysterious glowing object, probably radioactive. It's fine. It's fine. People I, are only going to be exposed to it for just a very right. brief time. Um, now, Vardar Var assumes that these people, Walt Dempsey et al., are the ones responsible for the nuclear devastation 100 million years ago. Mm-hmm. Because, remember, there were no humans. Mm-hmm on Earth at the time, just ornithomen. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was humans who had destroyed Vardarvar's planet. The race of humans who attacked my own home planet years ago, years ago. Yep. Must have traveled to Earth when we beat off their invasion attempt and defeated the ornithomen. Right. Okay. So all this while, he's assuming that Walt Dempsey is the leader of a band of humans who have caused nuclear destruction throughout the universe for sure. the past... 100 million years. Fair enough. Walt Dempsey. Yeah, I mean... Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He uh, still thinks the Flash is trying to attack him, and that's why he planted the terrible uh, panic attack in Flash's brain. But then it was Iris's light gun that weakened him, so he lost his fear grip Mm -hmm. on the warrior called... The Flash. The Flash. Um, light is a vital part of his existence, apparently. He's allergic to carbon dioxide. Well, he doesn't really say that. He just no, says, just, makes no. a comparison. Humans exhale carbon dioxide. He exhales colored lights. Yes. However. Bright blue light is poisonous to him. It causes yeah. him to choke in globules of light. <laughs> choke would have been sufficient. Um... Right. So he only had enough strength left to use his telekinetic force to activate the tunnel monsters to attack the Flash. Um, well, Flash sets him straight. You accuse humans of invading Earth, but we have no records of any such event. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't, Flash, because it's 100 million years ago. As a matter of fact, it couldn't have been humans who attacked the Order of the Men, as you described, because we didn't have nuclear bombs until 20 years ago. Oh, didn't we? You know the, uh, what's it called in India, the ancient mythological cycle in India? The uh, Mythological cycle? Yeah, there's a whole poetic mythological cycle. Anyway, it talks about the flying. The Gita? Yeah, I think so. It talks about flying airships and uh with laser beams and nuclear bombs and things. So who knows? If we didn't know ornithomen dominated the Earth 100 million years ago, who knows what could have happened? Right, of course. <sighs> what a strange story this would make if only we could learn the truth, Flash. Well? Did, uh, did the humans destroy the ornithomen 
and then retrogress back into barbarism? Or did men evolve on Earth instead of invading it? It's an interesting problem, all right. Why don't I go back in time, in time. with a camera? Exactly. You mean to tell me that Flash... Is this the first occurrence of this? No, actually, uh, so he has... You see there on the bottom the cosmic treadmill. Yeah, that's his method for traveling back in time. And actually, the uh, Kid Flash story that we mentioned earlier—that yes. was the first appearance of the cosmic treadmill. Okay. But I knew the Flash could travel through time, but it just occurred to me in this story that he could take a camera back in time, photograph dinosaurs or Jesus Christ. Or Jack the Ripper. He's a police scientist. He could solve any unsolved crime in the history of Of time. time. Also, he's about to go back and discover an heretofore unknown advanced race of creatures that dominated the Earth a hundred million years ago. Yes. Don't you think somebody would be interested in that kind of information? Besides the readers of picture news, the newspaper for people who don't like too many words. Maybe. You know, picture news doesn't carry the Kathy comic strip, I'll tell you that. Oh, no, too many words. No, Family Circus, Dennis the Menace, and the Lockhorns. Every time I, when I was younger, whenever I'd read a Kathy comic strip, I always felt ugh, violated. Hours older. Hours older. Um, Do you really need to draw a six-panel comic about picking a bathing suit? (laughs) Well, it would have been four panels, in fairness. Um, Flash returns with a film of the Ornithomen and the nuclear destruction of Earth a hundred million years ago. Let's just... So he 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 picked the right time to be there, caught the footage, and survived the Holocaust, Uh and returned. Right. And he's just showing it in a private viewing to Iris West and Vardar Var, mm-hmm. not to historians or the president or Earth as a whole. Hey, yeah. everyone, guess what? A uh, hundred million years ago or 80 million years ago, there was a whole other advanced technological civilization that wiped itself out. Maybe we could learn a lesson from this. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It's fine. Um, they were bird people, so they it deserved it. you wonder how, long, how much time we need to pass after a massive um, extinction event caused by nuclear bombs before you know the life forms could emerge again and populate and there would be no evidence no radioactive evidence of that having happened yeah i don't know um we'll get flash on it don't we have a sciencey friend who could answer that for us probably what does charlie do he's uh does he do science mm, i don't know Maybe. Geology? I can't remember. He works for some government agency. Yeah. Um, we'll find someone. Okay. Somebody will write in, surely. I guess I could just do a search for how long does radioactivity last after a nuclear holocaust. Uh-huh. Well, um, I mean, people are t- still alive in Japan, so. True. And Chernobyl is doing great. Is it? Well, you can't go there, but I hear there's wildlife. Yeah. Um, so it was the ornithomen who destroyed themselves mm-hmm. with nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they were genetically related to dinosaurs. Maybe. Um, you know, this is just a comic and not actual science. Oh, right, right, right. But 
No, we do have film evidence now of oh. Ornitho men and their nuclear holocaust. So, right, okay, cool, cool. cool. Um, also, Flash was fortunate enough to catch Vardarvar's spaceship on film as it appeared in the midst of the terrible nuclear conflagration. Mm-hmm. Proof positive that you were wrong when you blamed humans for destroying your friends. Eat it, Vardarvar. Well, he was at the right place at the right time. Well, that's why they call him the Flash. How does he get back? If he uses the treadmill to get there, yeah. how does he get back? Um, either like the treadmill goes with him into the past, or it exists in the same space, just at a different vibrational frequency. And he, I don't know. Okay. Um, I do remember one issue of Justice League when he built a giant cosmic treadmill so that eight people could run on it at once. And in that situation, the treadmill actually was continued on with them through the time stream. Eight people who run just as quickly as he does? Well, it was like uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, Uh the Earth 2 Wonder Woman, and they were running, and then they were like carrying, like elongated man had his stretching arms wrapped around somebody, and he was holding somebody. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all made sense to me. Sure. Um, Where are we at the bottom of page well, 23? Yes, and Vardarvar has learned an important lesson. Oh, yes. Appearances it's like an are special. Yes. Appearances are sometimes deceiving. No one should leap to conclusions until all the facts are known. I almost made a ghastly mistake. I almost voted for a failed businessman to be president of the United States, but now I know better. <laughs> Thanks, Flash. <laughs> Perhaps I can repay you for what you did by communicating with mankind as once I did with the Ornitho men after I returned to my home world. Mm -hmm. I hope my home world's still there after a hundred million years. You think anybody'll remember me? Hey, it's me, Vardar Var. Hi! Hi. (laughs) Oh wait, you've already destroyed yourselves in a nuclear conflagration. Uh, Maybe that's why we never hear from anyone from Kumul again. Maybe. That's why. That's the research I did. I just did a search for DC Comics and Cool Mool. You did? Of course. I'm so proud of you. I wanted to know if it came up again. I wanted to know if this was a story, like this character, Vardar Var, would come up again. Oh. Of course, I don't think I looked at the right source because you mentioned Mike's Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics. Let's see. Yeah. Villains, Vardar Var. No further appearances. Oh. Other characters, Walter Dempsey. No further appearances. The Ornitho Men. Last appearance in Flash number 125. No further appearances. So, what we don't realize is that he's saying goodbye forever. Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine that he probably would happen. Is he probably, he hasn't been flying in like, what, 80 million years? 100 million. 100 mm-hmm. million years. And he, get into, he was launched himself into hyperspace and probably took a wrong turn and crashed into a sun and died forever. Um, yeah. Do you think Earth and Kumul can make the universe a safer and better place to live, Flash? If everyone cooperates, I don't see why not. Spoiler alert. No one's no going, one's to, cooperate. going to cooperate. Thanks to you both. This is Walt Dempsey. Okay. Thanks to you both. This is a wonderful day. Not just because my park opens today, but more important, because the human race was spared from annihilation. <laughs> I'm glad he has presence of mind enough to conflate the opening of his Funland Park with the saving. savior 
of humankind. Yes. yes. Yeah. Bob. Well done, Walt Dempsey. Yes. This was a very interesting issue. Yes. I like liked it. it. It was weird. Um, I the only thing I didn't like were the pages <laughs> of of a history given by Vardarvar and Flash. Well, it was three pages of yeah. dialogue. Four. Four yep. pages of dialogue. <laughs> Flowery dialogue. Yes. Um, and it wasn't that interesting. Well, this just this story has struck me as just like a run-of-the-mill story. Like, it wasn't great. It wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. It was just like another month to fill. I, I, I did think a lot about cotton candy and hot dogs while I was reading this. Yes, and those giant Rice Krispie treats with a three inches of fudge on top. Oh, those are the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And uh, By best, I mean worst. Cocky Gory. Cocky Gory. Uh, Cocky Gory, everyone, is at Epcot Center in the Japan Pavilion. There's a little stand of shaved ice called Cocky Gory, and they have melon, strawberry, and tangerine flavor, or you can get the rainbow, which is all three mixed. That's my favorite. And I remember you speaking with such fondness uh, about Cocky Gory one time to, to me or somebody else, and you said... Pre- and lovingly prepared by the caring hands of the woman at the Kakigori stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little old woman as she shaves the ice by hand and then pours the sugary there's, syrup there's, on there's top. A machine that well, does. agree to disagree. I think she does it by hand. <laughs> anyway, I tried to invite, invent a Kakigori cocktail. It was horrible. It was not good. Yeah. But I haven't given up. No, of course not. You can find us on social media oh, at GoGoCheckPod. Oh, what? Are you not done yet? I know. Okay. No, I thought we were going to talk about that awful movie we watched last night. At some point. Well, okay. It's not the time to talk about it. It's not a movie co- podcast, but go on. Well, you know, you and I like to watch, um, well, you like to watch old movies. Yes. And then once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll acquiesce and, mm-hmm. and, and we either enjoy them together or right. we don't. Right. Right. And so neither one of us had seen the historic and important play, Tennessee Williams play of Cat in a Hot Tin Roof uh-huh. featuring... Paul Newman, right? Liz Taylor, yeah, and Burl uh, Ives. Burl Ives. So we watched it last night. Uh huh. It was awful. Well, first of all, I wouldn't say awful. I really liked like the last twenty minutes. Yes. After Burl Ives is in the basement. Yes. I liked that part with his spastic colon. Yes. Yeah. Um, he had colon cancer. He was about to die. Um, spoiler alert. Um, first of all, there were no cats in it. No. Not one damn cat anywhere no. in the entire play. But then I thought how much more enjoyable it would be if they actually did the musical Cats, but they had to perform it on a hot tin roof in the, like their full fur, fursuit costumes. <laughs> now that I'd pay to see. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I think probably the play would be better than the movie. I Absolutely. think they had to sanitize the the movie up a little they bit they certainly did they didn't really even get into they just sort of danced around the whole gay thing yeah yeah oh was tennessee williams gay <laughs> I, I was not aware um that's all bring it back to comics though there's yeah. a terrific little uh series called snagglepuss snagglepuss in which snagglepuss is portrayed as a 1950s gay playwright Oh. Akin to Tennessee Williams. Really? Yes. Wow. It's terrific. I'll show it to you sometime. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can find us on social media at Gogo Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple 
podcasts or wherever you download your free podcasts from. You could tell all your friends. We don't care. Please. Subscribe. Leave a review. We're back here every week or so with a new GoGo Checked comic mm-hmm. and lots of stories about our past. Our not-so-checkered past. Right. Yes. That you know of. <laughs> All right. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. It's time to give our love a chance.